Well, hey, welcome to online service at the Church of Grace and Peace. We're so glad that you're here with us today. I'm going to pray for all of the giving uh, that has happened uh, during this last week that's going to be happening here today. I want you to know we're so grateful for your faithfulness to the Lord and for your faithfulness in giving to the vision here at Grace and Peace. You know, our giving is all about worshiping the Lord and our giving is all about the advance of God's kingdom. And God's kingdom is advancing through the vision of this church, uh, through what happens here online, through what happens on our campus, on site, all week long, and through the ministry partnerships that we stand with, with missionaries and ministers and organizations that are sharing the love of Christ and the gospel of Christ in our state, in our nation, and in nations around the world. And then there's uh, special projects that we get to be a part of uh, as opportunities arise to uh, take a, a a seizing of the moment uh, and sharing the gospel and seizing of the moment when there's opportunities to share the love of Christ when there are times of need. So whether it's partnering with Samaritan's Purse uh, in uh, helping uh, folks that are struggling in high COVID areas, whether it's disaster relief from storms and hurricanes, uh, or whether it's right in our backyard being a part of uh, vesting police officers here in Tom's River, uh, our giving stretches in so many ways to share the love of Christ in our community. So let's pray now. Let's thank God for our giving. Let's pray that God brings lots of fruit through it. And let's pray God's blessing on the giver. And so, Father, here today, we continue to tell you that we are so grateful that we get to be your partners in the advance of your kingdom. And Lord, we pray that you would cause lasting fruit to come out of all that we have given, all that we're giving here today. And Lord, we thank you that the kingdom is advancing through every dollar and every cent. And Lord, we pray your blessing on the giver where there is lack, where there is need. We pray, God, that you would break through and bring your supply. All of this we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, before we get to the message here, I just want to uh, get on your radar uh, something exciting that's going to be coming here in the fall for our church family. Uh, beginning in October, we're going to be doing a church-wide growth group campaign that's going to be connected in with our Sunday morning teaching series. And so the series beginning in October is going to be called Known by His Name. And it's going to be a study in the names of God. It's going to, uh, out of that, be a study into God's character and God's nature. Uh, and in that, our small groups will all be working through the same study. There'll be a devotion guide and there'll be small group discussion that, that will be able to happen out of what we talk about on our Sundays beginning uh, in, in October, the very beginning of October. So keep an eye out for signups. Keep an eye out for uh, opportunity for involvement. There'll be live groups. There'll be Zoom groups. Uh, Any way that serves you best to be involved, we really encourage you to be involved. So, all right, praise God for that. Well, we are today in a part three on our series of Thinking Like a Christian. And Pastor Ralph did such a great job getting us started with the first two weeks, uh, talking primarily about worldview uh, in our first message, and then talking about developing doctrine, our own personal doctrine, uh, in the second message that came last week. Now here in, in part three, I want to talk about being anchored in the truth. And so some, some of what I say will refresh a little bit on uh, Pastor Ralph's messages, but I want to specifically zero in today 
today on uh, our understanding of truth and the importance of us being anchored to God's unchanging truth. You know, uh, even those who claim to be born again are not necessarily grounded on the truths of the Bible, of the Word of God. Uh, uh, George Barna, in one of his books, provides statistical analysis of religious belief in America. And in one chapter, uh, he talks about, for instance, the devil, uh, Satan, right? Uh, That many people believe in the church that uh, he's not an actual living being, but that he's only a symbol of evil. And, you know, the the staggering amount of people that claim to be born again uh, uh, don't don't adhere to the the fact that the Bible conveys that he's not a type and a symbol, but that he's real, that there's a real spiritual kingdom of darkness that's warring against God's kingdom. And that's just one example of many different of what we would call Christian pillars and Christian foundations that we're watching erode in the church. What we have through the centuries, through the millennium, uh, have what we have understood to be Christian truth is being eroded. And, and in fact, the entire concept of truth is, is being uh, walked away from. And so, you know, we need to understand in this American nation that we live in, you know, we have several centuries of a foundation of our nation having Judeo-Christian framework and Judeo-Christian foundations that that the world lived and operated on, that our culture existed in. Even if somebody was backslidden, even if somebody didn't know Jesus as Lord, we had Judeo-Christian foundations that were the context of our world. And they operated as salt, and they operated as light, and they operated as guardrails, and as heralds that would shout out, there is a truth. Where we're living in a generation, particularly in these last 20 years, that has so moved away from those Judeo-Christian foundations. You know, that we can look at, you know, what it says in the Word of God in Judges chapter 17 in verse 6. It says, in those days there was no king in Israel. Listen what it says. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And we're watching truth erode in our nation and we're watching uh, a a nation inside the church and outside the church where people are reasoning together to say, hey, I'll just do what's right in my own eyes. And so it's, it's an alarming time for us in this nation. But you know what? We as God's people, if we are anchored in the word of God and we are anchored in truth as God defines it and explains it, then we'll continue to be those that bear his image. We'll continue to be those that show the world what God is like. God living on the inside of us, Christ in us, right? The hope of glory. Uh, the, The world would see what God is like as God lives in us, as we live and grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. And so I want to go back and talk a little bit about worldview, and then I want to bore down on this idea of truth. Like I said earlier, I'm going to be refreshing a little bit on what Pastor Ralph shared, but I I want to set our context as we talk a little further about being anchored in the truth. So let's talk about worldview, and let's acknowledge that worldview frames our thinking. Thinking like a Christian. Worldview frames our thinking. So if you're following along in your notes, uh, this is our our fill-in. A worldview is a mental and spiritual lens through which you interpret 
reality. So worldview frames our thinking. What is worldview? It's a lens through which we interpret life, both spiritually and mentally. And, you know, Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, we as human beings, when it comes to our worldview, when it comes to connecting the dots, when it comes to properly filtering spiritual and, and, and mental uh, uh, understanding of the world around us. Here's Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, that's Jesus, the iniquity of us all. This is uh, picking up in Isaiah where it's talking about the Savior coming to save the world, that we need a Savior because we can't find our own way. We're lost on our own. Our best efforts, you know, in the most brilliant mind uh, is never going to hit the target. Uh, Proverbs 14.12 says, There is a way which seems right to a person, but in the end it is the way of death. There is, think about that. The, the, there are folks, our, our world is filled with people who are saying, I know what, the way to go, follow me. But a, a, a worldview apart from Christ, ultimately, in the end, Proverbs 14, 12 tells us here, it just leads to death. Now, your second fill-in when we have a context of worldview, as we get ready to talk about truth some more, a biblical worldview is a means of experiencing and interpreting the world in relationship to what the Bible says. Okay, so if our worldview is the lens through which we interpret the spiritual and, and intellectual world around us, a biblical worldview, we see the world in relationship uh, to what the Bible says. And again, we see this in Romans 12 too. This is the call for every believer. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but uh, be transformed into, into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect His will really is. So Isaiah 53 and what we just read in Proverbs says we're lost. We can't find our own way. Uh, the, the way that we pick is ultimately going to lead to death. Romans tells us, but hey, we can be transformed by changing the way we think, basing our thinking on the Word of God, being led by the Spirit of God. Then in that context, we'll move from that lost place and we'll move to, be, to, to being those that are anchored on the truth. Colossians 2.8 says it this way, Don't let anyone lead you astray with empty philosophy and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking, and the evil powers of this world. So, so as we understand worldview and the need for us to have biblical worldview, let's, let's now bring this down to the reason why we need to have biblical worldview is because the word of God is truth and we need to be anchored in the truth. So let's now talk about the importance of truth. So there's a couple of truth facts in your notes that you can go ahead and fill in. Truth fact number one, and this is a departure from modern thinking. Postmodern world says opposite of this fact that I'm about to give you. Truth fact number one. Truth is something you discover, not create. Our modern world is saying truth is yours to create. Come on, we have heard it in, in certainly in our media. If it's not something that we've, we've interacted with, with, with people we do life with. Hey, you do your truth, I'll do my truth. 
uh, uh, hey, you just go and figure out what your truth needs to be. God tells us that truth is not to be created. Truth is to be discovered. Truth fact number two is that truth doesn't change. And so when the Lord says that, that uh, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, his character, his nature, the nature of what is true in him, it's never going to change. So what was true that God heralded before Christ walked on the earth is true since Jesus has walked on the earth, and it's true now. We need to discover truth, and when we discover it, we can build our lives on it because it's not going to change. It's not going to morph with the times. It's not going to morph with culture. It's not going to morph with the, the trends and the, the different uh, things that come along, you know, that, that go back and forth uh, in different generations. Truth doesn't change. And then truth fact number three, all truth is found in and starts in God. And God makes it clear, again, we looked at it in some of the verses that we opened up with here in this message, we can't discern truth on our own, we can't figure it out in, in, in our fallenness as human beings, but when we meet Christ, we are introduced to the one who is truth, and God has given us his word as a testimony of the truth. So all truth is found in and starts in God. All right, so let's talk now, what does the Bible then say about truth that we want to glean? You know, in light of these three facts that we just laid out. Well, let's look. Number one, the Bible makes it clear, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. John fourteen six, Jesus answered, and he specifically says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And in John eight thirty one and 32, says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So, so I want you to grasp, you, you know, in this point, what this verse is saying. Jesus is saying that we have to hold on to his teaching. First of all, if we hold on to his teaching, then we are really his disciples. We are really uh, living as a picture to the world of what it is to be a disciple of Christ. And as we hold on to his teaching, we're holding on to him who is the truth. We're holding on to his teaching that is truth. And that truth will set us free. In John 18, 36, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But no, my kingdom is from another place. So Jesus is, is saying here that uh, uh, he is the one who is king of kings and lord of lords. This is one more reminder that he is the truth. All things are set in him. Uh, in, in this whole portion of scripture, Jesus is talking to Pilate. And what, Jesus, uh, what Pilate says, to Jesus as, as he's talking in this dialogue, dialogue about truth, he says, well, what is truth? Again, Pilate is relaying the world's mindset. Can we know truth? Is it knowable? Is it your truth? Is it my truth? And Jesus is saying, hey, this grand cosmic picture, my kingdom is not of this world. I am uh, the one who is eternally existent. Before the world existed, I was. The world came through me. All right, uh, a second thing that we want to look at here today about what the Bible says about truth uh, is that truth has to be revealed to us, and it has been by God. I've touched on this a little bit in some of what I've been saying here in the message, but I want to spell this out. Uh, truth has to be revealed to us. Otherwise, we'll do 
like what we read in Judges. We'll just do what's right in our own eyes. We might catch part of the truth. We might have a little bit of the truth. But the good news is that God has revealed the truth to us. Let's look at this in a couple of verses. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 2 through 8. It says, Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and understanding. Notice the, uh, the intentional, all-in, zealous pursuit that's being described here. Search for them as you would lost money or hidden treasure. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you'll gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of good sense to the godly. So here it is. It's the Lord desiring to grant wisdom, to grant knowledge, to grant truth and understanding to us. But we have to uh, be very intentional in the pursuit, right? In going after it. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding on your own understanding of things, on your own connecting of the dots of what the world, the nature of the world is like spiritually and, 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 and intellectually. Uh, it, it goes on to say, seek his will in verse six here in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And then Isaiah 45 verse 19, God says here, I have not spoken in secret. I have not said, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth and I declare what's right. So the more that we know what God has spoken, the more we know what God has declared, we're aware of the truth and now we have the opportunity to make the truth part of the foundation and anchor of our lives. All right, so as we start to uh, come in for a landing here on this message, so, so we've talked a little bit about worldview and how that relates to our thinking and how that relates to truth. We've talked about some truth facts and we've talked about specifically some key things that the Bible has said about truth uh, for us to glean as believers. Let's talk now about, so what do we do with that? How do I ensure that I can then anchor myself into these truths? So, so in your notes, knowing the truth, a couple of things that we want to make sure are habits in our life, habits in how we're living and doing, doing life. Number one, we need to feed on the Word of God. We need to feed regularly on the Word of God. So notice I didn't say read, that includes reading. Notice I didn't say study, that includes study. But literally understanding that the Word of God is sustenance for our lives, spiritually, uh, in, in every aspect. But as we're talking here about thinking like a Christian, we can't starve ourselves of the truth and expect that we're going to keep thinking like Christians. And there's so many places that, where the Bible talks about being in the Word, knowing the Word, meditating on the Word, studying the Word. Uh, so, so all of that certainly is encapsulated in, in this point here. If we want to know the truth, this truth that God has revealed, this truth that is found and centered in Jesus, this truth that needs to be discovered, that's unchanging, what well, we need to feed on God's Word. And then number two, more than just feeding on it, here's a big key, we need to be a doer of the Word of God. And, and, and again, you know, 
I, I find that, you know, these thoughts may be for a, a person who has been Christian for a long time, uh, who has been a believer for a while, might say, yes, I know I'm supposed to read the Bible. Yes, I know I'm supposed to do the Bible. But again, remember, uh, I'm, I'm talking in the context, we are living in a culture that is very hostile to the things of God, to the way of God. It's hostile to thinking like a Christian. And so we have to regularly evaluate our lives and say, okay, I, I, I know this truth, but am I living in light of this truth? I know I'm supposed to read the Bible, but am I feeding on the Word of God regularly? I know I'm supposed to do the Word of God, but how am I doing making application and actually walking out what the Word of God says to do? I've got a verse from the Old Testament that, you know, the, the Lord, as He gave the law, to the children of Israel, he wanted them to get the importance of living in and basing their lives on God's word. And look at what it says here in Deuteronomy 6, verses 2 to 9. And he said, And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Verse 4, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So wow, you know, this picture of repetition, this picture of, of saturated in God's word and God's commands, this picture of hearing over and over the word of God. And again, we know uh, in the New Testament, talking about being a doer of the Word of God, there's the parable of the two houses that were built. One was built on the rock, one was built on the sand. And in, in both situations, both builders were hearers of the Word of God. But only one person heard and did the Word of God. And that was the one who built his house on the rock. So the person who heard the Word of God, ah, oh, that's good, you're halfway there but you're still only built on sand if you're doing hearing, but no applying, no working into our lives, no repenting, no allowing God to grow and change us through his principles, his precepts, his doctrines, and his commands. So we, we need to be people that are doers of the word of God. And then number three, we need to learn to be led of the Spirit. If we're going to be those who walk in truth, because God's Spirit living in us will, will guide us, will speak to us, will, will help us in the moment by moment to understand when we're starting to shed off truth, when we're starting to get off track, when we're starting to get into a ditch. John 16, 13 says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. So learning to be led by the Spirit is learning to listen to God's voice, learning to listen for the voice of the Spirit. Going back to feeding on the Word and obeying the Word, uh, feeding prayerfully in the Word of God. 
asking God to speak to us, asking his spirit to guide us through, uh, taking inventory and reflecting in our lives. Lord, am I walking out? Am I living authentically? Lord, what is it? Speak. Your servant is listening, right? Learning to be led of the spirit. What a great promise this is. He will guide you into all the truth. Praise God. And then the fourth a point we'll look at here today on knowing the truth, living out, working it into our lives. It's just simply this, guard your gates. Guard your gates. You might say, well, what do you mean by gates? Well, I'm talking about your eye gate. I'm talking about your ear gate. I'm talking about uh, what you let into your mind, what you entertain in your thoughts, what you allow down into your heart. Remember the word tells us, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so we want to guard our gates. We want to guard what are we allowing into our ears? What are we hearing? Uh, What are we putting before our eyes? And then what are the ideas, the mindsets, the philosophies that are, that are, that are coming before us? You know, even simply things like, you know, as we're watching the news, you know, uh, oftentimes the news is driven to bring us back. Their goal is to get us back in front of the news, back watching. Uh, and, and bad news sells much better than good news. So, you know, guarding my ear gate, if all I'm doing is ingesting the news of the world around me, it, it's going to create anxiousness. It's going to create a, um, uh, uh, a lopsided picture of worldview from God's perspective. Now, I'm not saying we should stick our head in the sand and we should ignore world events and what's going on around us. But what I'm saying is we have to place a guard. You know, how about the media that we bring in? Do you, you know, think about it. Even something as simple as what we, uh, what we enjoy, what we stream, uh, what we're watching on TV, the movies we take in, the, the songs we listen to, just about all of it has a worldview, uh, a mindset, it has a philosophy and an ideology that is, that is getting pressed uh, before us for us to ingest. You know, so we, we want to really be living in a way, again, with a filter that is a biblical worldview. Uh, and, and if we are, here's the point, right? If we are allowing in our eye gate, in our ear gate, and what's, what's happening in our thinking from the people we're around and the media we ingest, the things that we read, the thoughts that we contemplate, if the majority of that is world-driven philosophy, the Bible says that that's carnal and even demonic. We're not going to maintain a Christian worldview. We're not going to think like a Christian. But if the majority of what we take in and our filtering process is filtered on the truth of God's word and the voice of God's Holy Spirit, then then we're going to be able to kick out those things and push away from our gates the things that would be bringing us vain imaginations, false philosophies, and things that that, that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. The Word of God tells us to take those things captive, to kick those things out. So guard your gates. All right, so as we close here today, next steps. Well, how can we make decisions on how to follow up from this message? Well, first and foremost, 
If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is the starting point. To invite Christ to be Lord, to invite God to come live on the inside, make you brand new, wash your sin away. If you haven't done that, that is the first next step for you to take. And uh, you can do that. Uh, There's a a video that I have uh, on our Next Steps page here at graceandpeace.org that will uh, walk you through a prayer of salvation and give you some follow-up from that. Um, Begin a Bible reading plan and and some kind of a devotion time. If you are not regularly ingesting the Word of God, I'm not talking about a little devotional with just one scripture and then you go on and, and, and 14 other hours of our day are ingesting the world's mindset. I'm talking about really beginning to develop, carve into our lives, feeding on the Word of God. Maybe that's a next step for you to step into. How about joining a small group? As I mentioned on the front end, in just a couple of weeks in October, We're going to have a wonderful small group opportunity where all of our discussion will be on uh, the, the Word of God and knowing who God is, being known by His name. And then the last thing is evaluating your diet, the last next step. Uh, what is coming into your gates? Are there things that are coming into your life that you know are not helping you think like a Christian? Take some inventory and make the decision today. Those things have got to go. Father, as we close here today, we thank you so much that you have spoken, that you have given us your word as an anchor in our lives and as a foundation to build our lives on. Lord, we say we want to be those that not only pursue the truth, not only feed on your word, not only uh, say yes to its veracity, but that, that we want to take that step further to say that we will be doers of your word so that your truth is anchored in our lives. God, we make this commitment. Let it be so by your spirit. Help us do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you soon.